0: Welcome back to part two of the In My Skin podcast featuring the amazing Tominika Howes. We have more about her journey and deep love and passion as a community educator and advocate, the Freedom Schools Way, and why the work of the Pride Program is so important. Tune in. That's it. So, in hearing you speak about uh, your experience with Freedom Schools and with servant leaders and site coordinators and the children and the parents and everything, Um, Every all the elements of this dynamic program, I heard um, joy, I heard the importance and presence of energy, I heard, um, you know, cultural relevance, I heard um, instilling a sense of racial pride and, of course, literacy. So if you can um, explain or distill down kind of if it's, you know, a few points or five points about what do you consider to be the Freedom Schools way?
1: Okay. Before I forget. Yeah. Um, women's Her story. Uh, give a shout out to Dr. Jean Middleton Harrison, who um, became the national director following uh, Dr. Joan Parrott. And she's very excited. Um, uh, we, we stay in contact. Um, and she said this summer they're looking forward to having Freedom Schools in Jackson, Mississippi. So I'm, I'm excited to you know, learn more about that. But um, the Freedom Schools way, number one is to believe in the children. And it's kind of hard to say what is the Freedom Schools way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you would ask each person, you might get like a different answer. Mm -hmm. But one is to believe in the children. And it's hard. You can't force anyone to love our children, Mm -hmm. but respect our children Mm -hmm. and care about our children. Um, One scholar has said to me once, um, we had to go by the rules of Lincoln School when we were in partnership with him. We had it on site. And he got in a little scuffle in the um, the courtyard. The Freedom School's way is we don't suspend our scholars. Mm -hmm. You know, a part of the Freedom School way also is conflict resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the things that, you know, our... uh, site coordinator, project director, particularly site coordinator and servant leaders are taught about conflict res- resolution because that is a part of the daily practice as well as cooperative group activities is a part of the daily practice. It's part of the IRC. And so we were in the office and I think Lincoln wanted to like suspend him for a day or whatever. And I'm looking like, this is not the Freedom School way. And he looked at me, he said, but Miss Howells, Freedom schools is about giving us a second chance. Mm. Yeah. What can I say? The scholars are learning the freedom school way. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the staff and saying, like, look, we can work this out. and <clears throat> still deal with this conflict re- resolution. Because the, the scholars, they weren't really mad at each other. It was nothing like – they, like, pushed each other, whatever. And so sometimes it's like those strict measures that systems have, um, even though, you know, I – I respect Dr. Holly highly, and she did things a lot of differently than other schools had done. But when he looked at me and said that, mm-hmm. I said, we're reaching this scholar, you yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. To have high expectations for our scholars is the Freedom School way. Working through, and we know we come through a lot of conflict, either in our in our homes. We have conflicts in our homes. We have conflicts in our communities but what is the Freedom School way of dealing with that? We talk it out. We work it out. And the scholars learned that. So it was times that the servant leaders could step back and allow the scholars to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of the Freedom School way. The Freedom School way also is for them to help them see the greatness in themselves or even goals that they have. Uh, Another part the freedom school programming is social action and so every year on a particular date in july we have social action and so if this to get um the adults registered to vote encouraging to vote dealing with health care nutrition or whatever and so the servant leaders are teaching the scholars about that the scholars would take on we, we would write up our phone script they would call uh uh, senators, representatives, they would get on the phone and said, hello, my name is so-and-so, I'm calling from the Kingsley Lincoln Freedom School or, or I'm calling from the Kingsley on Freedom School, um, and we are concerned about, and they know. And so sometimes you would get volumes of calls that listen, okay, yeah, 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 we have it. And so we would tell our scholars, ask them to repeat what you said mm-hmm. to make sure they are listening. So that is showing them that you can make a difference in your community. And these are ways that you can go about doing that. Uh, we've had demonstrations, Freedom School Way. Um, the one, uh, oh, in the one, um, we would also have a finale. Every year there's a finale. And I remember when um, our Trayvon Martin was taken and the one, a group and one of the things we did differently at our site, each group, and this is kind of like what I'm trying to share with them in terms of the importance of culture, would have an African name or something with an African meaning. And what they did about Trayvon Martin, and, and our mistake is we didn't record it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the parents did, and I couldn't get in touch with the parent to get it, but it was absolutely phenomenal. And the one demonstration dealing with hunger, uh, and now that we see it. Um the just in, in the last couple of days that the extra money in SNAP has been taken back mm-hmm. and we know the importance that it is for some families. But this particular in the channel two came, picked one of the scholars out, no rehearsal. This sister was sensational. Mm-hmm. They asked her question and her body language, she stood erect, she looked at, um the interviewer right in the eye, and told him everything about what the National Day of Social Action was about. I was flo- I was just so overwhelmed with pride. And then afterwards, I had to ask where, because um, she was going to Malayan School, um, you know, after you know, after Freedom School. And I contacted the school and said, "Look, this child has to be nurtured. She has a lot to offer." And all that fell through. You know, what was the interest in one student or whatever, but. Um, mm-hmm. Those high expectations to listen and guide, uh, to listen to our scholars. I remember one scholar, I, I would go around in the building, and sometimes I would check on the classroom. I go upstairs, see the scholar in the hallway. Uh, scholar, why are you in the hallway? I'm protesting. I said, what are you protesting? And this, was, uh, this week was a book about, um, I think, the day Go Go went to vote, and it was, it was done with Nelson Mandela wanted to. And she said, well, we don't, I said, what are you protesting? So she broke down the things she, she thought they needed more time for this, and she said some other things. I said, have you discussed it with your servant leader? She said, no. I said, so why aren't you speaking up for yourself? So we decided that um, she would talk to her servant leader. I said, "Child, get back in that room. Mm-hmm. So she got back in the room, <laughs> and later she discussed it, you know, with the servant leader. She organized the the scholars in the group and said, this is what we need to say to the servant leader. So those are things that they learned through three Freedom School, and they can take on. And some of them took it on to, you know, further on in, in school that they knew how to organize in school. Now, how far they went, I don't know. Um, but we do need, the parents have asked us, can we have Freedom School year-round? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, that's, an, that's another thing.
0: Yeah. yeah but
1: do different elements of the Freedom School
0: way. And I really appreciate what you shared. Um, the, one of the first things you said in the Freedom School's way when you were talking about um, the scholar who was about to be uh, suspended for a day and how he said, you know, basically, that's not the Freedom School's way. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that you brought that up because... You know, we're always modeling for our children. They're always watching us, and they're always watching to see if we're practicing the values that we say that we espouse. Like, are we living the values that are coming out of our mouths? You know, and our children will hold us accountable. They will call us on that. And you know
1: what? But all of us are not doing that. Yeah. Um, And, but children are a reflection of us. That's
0: right.
1: Hold that mirror up. What are they reflecting? Mm-hmm. And they talk about children who are acting out, or whatever. what are they reflecting? They're reflecting. It could be in the home, but certainly it's out in the community and mm-hmm. the larger community. Mm-hmm. And now that you have social media, oh, yeah. you know, children are reflecting that. Yeah. You know, so uh, my thing is, don't please don't give up on our children. Don't give up on them. You know, mm-hmm. and we collectively, not as like small groups here, they're doing these great things, um, but collectively. What message are we sending to our children? What kind of music when you're uh, driving and you're playing music in a car or they could hear your music on your phone? What kind of music are they listening to? What are they talking about? What kind of images are we giving them? What kind of languages are they picking up from us? And they think it is okay. And a lot of times we don't think about that. We walk through the community, what kind of languages are they hearing? What kind of models are they seeing in the community? We are people in the community are doing some great things, wonderful things, but it's not enough of us. Yeah. It's not enough people doing it. And it's things that we can do in our homes to start to make, you know, a difference with that, you know. And what if it would if um and now the schools are opening up and I know it's like very, very different, but what if five parents just walked up to the school? even stood in front of the school and giving messages to our children. If they were going to uh, stores in our community and say, um, I expect you to do good, I believe in you, you're smart, you're bright. Mm -hmm. You know, going to the library, what messages are they hearing? Um, Mm -hmm. I know a group of kids that hang out at the Hill Library, Mm -hmm. you know, and they they have some some good things going on there. Um, But... And in the summertime, what kind of jobs are they getting? What kind of jobs do they have throughout the year? Um, I remember we organized what some people organized, it, um hidden figures. And students from, it was female students from Brashear, Maliance, and it might have been one other school. And a young brother who uh, has his own nonprofit, and it was time to leave. And he said, Queens whole room got quiet Mm -hmm. these young sisters stood up in the way they left out Mm -hmm. so he's doing some work with them said queens Mm -hmm. and the other schools couldn't believe it Mm -hmm. but i could because it's something that's pouring into them Mm -hmm. and hopefully what he and that organization is pointing to them they are pouring into others and so the same way um with the organizing around freedom schools. And I would say there's some groups trying to resurrect freedom schools across the country. It's a Rutgers University. Uh, some of you Google them. to talk about freedom schooling. And I was on a webinar, and there was a, uh, a minister on from York, PA. And this was around uh, uh, the assassination of, of George Floyd right after that. And it was, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything was going on. And he said it, it could have been associated with this. But he got a million dollars for Freedom School. Mm. One million dollars. Mm-hmm. York is a small town. Mm. And let me shut up. I think it was York. But um, but he was doing it differently. So he had year-round how he was organizing the youth to organize other youth, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so uh, now, you know, since we're kind of, Hopefully, somewhat past COVID, more freedom schools are are opening up for the summer. But I haven't been affiliated with the national office in a a number of years. So Mm -hmm. I know um, there's a very active freedom schools in Philly. And Philly's always been, like, politically and uh, culturally conscious, you know, Mm -hmm. for, you know, it's there. And so it was the one sister who was affiliated with the CDF freedom schools, and they broke away from CDF and started their own and, and have been going on point. Um, so it's good. But one of the things I want to say too in terms of relationships, mm-hmm. Mary Wright Edelman was able to build relationships and um, I don't think it was with this particular person but with others about this one foundation that connected with pride. But um, the superintendent in Philly some years ago, before he left, he built in, there had to be monies for 10 years for freedom schools.
0: Mm. That's what I'm talking about.
1: It was built in the budget yeah. they have freedom schools for 10 years.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, we had our Latino sites, we had our African-American sites. I don't know if there's any other um, ethnic groups. But for 10 years, they had freedom
0: schools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so important. That's what I'm talking about in terms of, Long-term investments, yeah, really, because you know, I mean, I can just go off on my own tangent about just, yeah. you know,
1: in this other foundation one year
0: and yeah, two it, it, years. You
1: know, if we have layers and layers of oppression and exploitation, right, and we have developed these certain mindsets mm-hmm. um, and lack of opportunities, one or two year grants are not going to get it.
0: That's right.
1: It's just not going to happen. And so, at a minimum for me, at a bare minimum, it should be ten years. Yeah. But we need things like for fifty years.
0: For real. At a minimum. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, to to address some of these things. So, um, don't give up on our on our children. Um, don't give up on our our families. You know, they can be loud, wild. You know, one of my parents one time. I'm walking up Center Avenue. One of her parents, and she just came up and hugged me. To this day, I don't understand why she did that. Mm -hmm. She just wrapped her arms around me. Mm -hmm. I wrapped my arms back around her. I didn't ask her why she did it, you know. And she looked at me and said, how you doing? And and then we parted ways. Yeah,
0: that's it. I mean, you never know what kind of effects you'll have on people. Or when you plant those seeds, you know, working with young people and parents and community, you don't know how they're going to grow. That's right. But they're going to remember you.
1: Plant those seeds. That's yeah. so important. I, I like to use Plant those seeds. You never know how it's going to grow. But when you plant those seeds, it's like a garden. That's right. You plant seeds, that garden has to be fertilized. Mm-hmm. It needs the sun. It needs water. Okay. Sometimes there's weeds, and then you need to pick those weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people who have, my mother was very, very good with plants. And she would talk to plants. People used to bring plants that looked like, um, like they were dead. My mother would be able to bring those things, but I'm like, what in the world? Um, she just had that touch, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. like, you plant those garden, you know, when we had that garden, and it's not just for our children. It has to be for our families. That's right. You know, there are things that we can do at home that we need to tell our children every day, I love you. Mm-hmm. Every day. Mm-hmm. Hug them. Mm-hmm. Our children need that. And guess what? Parents need that, too.
0: That's
1: right. And I believe in you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you send that message out to our children before they leave that door. I love you and the expectations you have for them. They are representing the family. How are you going to represent the family? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's things we can, can turn around. I didn't always, I've made a lot of mistakes. i made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I still make mistakes, you know, and uh, I still think I'm learning and I'm growing, yeah. you know. And I tell folks, don't give up on me. Please don't. Yeah. You Never know, that. I'm trying.
0: Yeah. Never that. Oh, wow. Um, well, I got uh, two more questions for you. Um, when you so you are um, one of our trusted, in terms of the PRIDE program, Um, You're one of our trusted advisory committee members. You've been, I believe, with us since the beginning, since we first started this work. And, um, you know, always been an enthusiastic advocate, always sending us information and articles to read um, because we're still learning ourselves, right? Always learning. Um, So I wanted to know if you see any similarities between the work of the pride program, right? So, you know, just thinking about our components, we have our arts component through our pop-up mini art festivals. And now we have artist residencies and family art time that was was virtual due to the pandemic. We've got a professional development. We've got evaluation and research. We have our parent and caregiver strategy through um, um, our parent village. As well, Um, and I'm like, did I name everything? (laughs) Evaluation research, arts, parent workshop. Oh, and then we have um, um, uh, our speaker series events, right, where we strive we strive to educate the community on the intersection between race and early childhood, and bringing in you know local and national and unsung at times experts um, in this field. so having, you know, been around for a while, you've been with us for a while. Um, what are some connections or similarities that you've seen between freedom schools and the Pride programs work?
1: Okay, the country going to come out in me. Child, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> bring it up, bring yeah, it out. The country coming out in me.
1: Um, there are I- I'm telling you. If y'all if the listening audience if you've ever been to one of the pop ups, oh my word, it's times I've gone to the pop ups. Nobody knew who I was. I would sit back and just observe. And other times I would walk around and, and, and talk with folk. But, and you all were so busy working. I don't think it's some things that you all might not have seen. Um, but the things that I saw that came across the children's faces. They were introduced to something so different. And the culture was so rich. And I would see people at the different tables doing different activities. And the children would run and they would go back to the adult that they were with and say, Look, look, look. And the adult would say, Oh, yeah, that's nice. But guess what? Mm-hmm. It's not just the activity that the children did. Mm-hmm. The adults want to do the activity, too. That's right. And they enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And they said how different it was, um, how much they appreciated. In terms of the books, uh, the richness of—because children is so important for them to see images of themselves and the greatness of themselves. So I see the similar similarity of that, uh, the importance of literacy, but also the importance of relationships— and the value that you have on families. Um, I sat in, I think it was the one I went to, and the different ranges of family people that were there, you know? And sometimes you can go to meetings and the way a person talks, they're looked down upon, um, whether it's their dialect or how they're dressed, because they're not dressed the way you think they should be dressed, you know, thinking you're better than somebody else. None of that was there. Mm-hmm. None of that was there. Um, when we had our parent powers, uh, sometimes the, uh, our parents were coming straight from work because we would make calls to them. We would have our scholars say, them, look, Mommy, we want you to be there. You know, or so-and-so could come. You know, Big Brother could come or whatever. And... Um, so our families were valued. Um, but I do remember one one time a uh, servant leader was, and this was before things were, were, were set up, and she said, after all, we are college students. I was fuming inside. Mm-hmm. But I also knew I had to, to teach her. But the look on uh, the parents' face, you know, but... I tried to, you know, go in and with the parent and um work through that. I, I talked about my mother's my mother was a domestic worker and that was times when you didn't use mops in these white folks' floors. You got down on your hands and knees and scrubbed their floors, mm-hmm. you know. Um so I started asking her things that she had that she can share with me, you know, that I wanted to learn. So she lit up, you know. And so we don't always expect, you know, we have families that uh May not have graduated from high school, or they may have graduated. They might have gone on to college. They might not have gone on to college, but Pride accepts the families. Pride believes in the children. Pride has a commitment. So it's not just. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the virus. I, I'm really because because I, I wouldn't do that. Um, but there is a. I want to hit my hands up. Talk with my hands sometimes. But um <laughs> this commitment said, like, we got you, children. We got you. We care, we got you. Mm-hmm. And I might and I know I'm not saying it right, and that's okay. Country coming out of me. But just say, I have you, I have you, mm-hmm. and that's so important. So for a child to look up and smile at you, mm-hmm. that says you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um so that commitment, that embracing families, who they are, where they are, and where they're at. I meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanting it to grow. I'm so proud that Pride has moved into Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't talked to anybody in Philly about that yet. So those are some of the, the, the uh, similarities I see. I think i would taken some notes on some of the, the similarities. But... Um, exuding excitement and with them pop-ups I'm telling and I'm going to look over here at ISIS but I I mess up talking anything but to see how hard the people are working at these tables and the staff who are raggedy tired Mm -hmm. and they keep pushing and they keep pushing and even though the pandemic has shut down that physical together because as a people, we do need, the, need that. We need uh, to be among people. But pride said, ain't going to let that stop us. We got to do something. You make a way out of no way. You gave me some lemon, I'm going to give you some good lemonade. Yeah. Um, and so it's times that, like during the pandemic, one of the things that, uh, that has become valuable to me is the webinars. And I've been able to participate on that. And a couple of times I've been able to talk and then just put, you know, type in. I said, oh, yeah, so you want to talk about early childhood and what needs for for, for black children? There's this group you need to know about pride. Da, 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 da. And I'll type it in and, and hoping I'm doing pride justice. And I said, and if you want to get in contact with them, da, 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 da. you know. So uh, just trying to spread the word of pride. Um, and even in uh, Pittsburgh, because there's still a lot of people who, don't know about it, Mm -hmm. that should know about it, and it it would be of value um, and growth for our children and our families. And I don't know if it's foundation folks listening or not, and maybe I'm not speaking the way they would expect a person to speak, um, but pride needs resources and should not have to worry about the doors closing it's about service to our children and families. And sometimes folks forget about that. Or it doesn't matter. Or they might see how our children are acting out. And it's this constant blame on them. But are we looking in the mirror? What are we doing for our children? What have we done for them? Um, do we believe in enough to go and get them, yeah. and to include them in whatever we're trying to do, mm-hmm. or to ask them, "What is it that you need? Yeah. What is it that you want?" You know, um, I, I was thinking this morning in in preparation. Uh, we paid our servant leaders I'm starting out very well. It's what now some workers are striving for minimum, I mean, not minimum wage, um, uh, to increase the uh, living wage. At one point, we were
0: paying them $15 an hour. This was years ago. Well, that was just a beautiful, you know, connection that you made with pride. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that. I just couldn't have said it any better. Yes, you could. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm surprised.
1: I'm, I'm not really surprised I agree to this because I'm I'm more like a background person than others. But um if I get a chance to talk about freedom school. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> um,
0: you just you just light up. We're talking about freedom school has me some freedom school. The power of parents, you know, you are just you know the energy is there. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you gotta be you know, re-inspired, re mm. So even just listen, sitting here mm. listening talking to you mm. and, you know, listening to your story and your perspective, sometimes you just need to remind her, like, yeah, we are doing really yeah. dope things.
1: <laughs> I've had people tell me, these parents don't care. They don't care.
0: Mm.
1: It just they yeah. lump everybody together. You know? yeah. but I, I, I bet you a nickel to a donut if somebody was jumping on their parent's child, you think they're going to stand there? Right. And you tell me parents don't care. Right.
0: Right. Right. If anything, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not always uh, be able to be everywhere that folks want us to be at the, at the exact time that we need to be there, but you can't say that we don't care. You know, everybody's doing the best that they can with what they got.
1: This one parent had uh, told me I ran into her, but I knew when she was a child and had an opportunity um, where was I working at this time? Oh, at Hill House. And uh, Mr. Henry called me in the office. I, I'm so busy dealing, I think it was from camp. Uh, we had an overnight at, at camp, and I'm trying to get things together, and he wanted me to come up to his office. I'm like, man, I am not want to go there. And so he asked me, said, Dominic, um, have you ever flown before? And I said, yes. And then back in my mind, I need to get back to my kids. Um, and what happened, a relationship, Jim Henry was very good at building relationships. This is part about relationships. Someone who worked for airlines, every year um, they would pick a community to, to give to or whatever. And so this person had uh, had their child in the, uh, Hill House Child Care many years ago, whatever, and so he asked me, um, so long story short, the woman who worked for the airlines had talked to them about taking a group of children to Disney World. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take 10 children from the hill mm-hmm. to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And picked a chaperone to go with me and it was an experience of a lifetime for these young people. Mm-hmm. And the one young mother had young but well, she was a student and I think she was in she was in elementary school and now she's a parent. But um, ran into her one day, and she was telling me her and her sister are very, very close. And it's times that she couldn't make it to a school event, but her sister would go, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of you know the family acting together. I met another woman. She was saying it's times you know uh, like when they had um, what was it uh, open house. Mm-hmm. She would get her family together, mm-hmm. and she said I can't make it all the time. And she would bring the crew in. She said, this is my family. This is such and such and such and such and such and such. And they were here on behalf of, yeah. you know, so it got real creative with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we think we can't do things, but we find a way to do it. And a lot of times our parents just don't know. Mm-hmm. It was times I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was still active. You know, I was active in my children's, ed- but it's a lot of things I didn't know. And every time there was an education workshop or something, I would try to go to it and, um, well, I guess the CYF knew it, well, I'd probably be in jail, but I would leave my kids, and I would go. But I was in this village, this Reed Roberts village, that looked out for the children, mm-hmm. you know, so I could go. And Dr. Lou Vincent, he always he said, we need the knowledge base. Our families don't have the knowledge base. So what a lot of white families have, and I knew with my inferior education, I meant to say earlier, when my mother worked in Mount, Mount Lebanon, and the family talks that uh, the people she worked for and I remember her coming home talking about those children's education in Mount Lebanon. I knew I was an inferior system. Mm-hmm. I knew I was mm-hmm. and that did something to me on a psychological level. I knew I wasn't getting what they were getting mm-hmm. you know and that kind of that that stuck with me you know and so how do we? make it great for our children, not just average. You have to make it great. And I know some of the foundations are stepping up. They need to step up more. And I I, I believe that. I I really do believe that. Um, So PRIDE is doing this great work. There are other organizations doing great work. And it's always, you know, and sometimes people have to write proposals according to the guidelines that they set rather than the guidelines we know what's good for our people, you know. And pride puts that culture out there, you know. Mm-hmm. That culture is important. If culture is not important and it's not valued to us, look at sometimes we wear our hair, our clothes, our music, our language. Sometimes it's a coded language that... Young people have a coded language. Sometimes adults don't understand a word. They don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and that's part of that cre- that cultural creativity, you know. Um, I don't, I, probably a lot of us don't, you know, families don't cook as much as, you know, grandma did, big mama did or whatever, but those recipes, and then there are recipes for families too. Mm-hmm. Recipes about loving and supporting um, and leaning on each other. And so, are we saying that if our organizations are good enough and valuable enough, how do we show it? Mm. But sometimes folk don't know how to show it.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we have to share that knowledge. Yes, It's a
1: lot with that knowledge base.
0: Well, you're leading us right into my my, uh, last question, and you've already touched on some things, Um, but I wanted to um, know if you had any advice, tips, or strategies for parents or educators or community members, artists, um, to help develop positive racial identity within our children and kind of continue The legacy of freedom schools in ways that are accessible to them. So, just how you talked about, there was an example when you said, like, you know, if five parents could show up at a school, you know, and greet our children in the morning, right? That doesn't, that's not a program, that's a a practice, right? That doesn't really cost anything, right? So, what do you feel are some uh, tips and strategies to help um, continue to uh, pour into and instill pride? within our children and to kind of continue the Freedom School's legacies in, wa- in legacy in ways that are accessible to them, whether it's a program or not, whether it's an in-home practice or something like that.
1: So My brain is working as good as yours, so I might need you to break that down a little more for me, mm-hmm. But because uh, there was a lot in that, that, that question. Yeah. But one I love when you brought up about the artists. Mm-hmm. The arts. Oh, I love the arts. And I remember when I remember Angel Eye. Uh That's my old rap name. (laughs) I remember that. And listening and growing from that. And here's a country coming out at me again. Don't you know our young folk do that? Yeah. And they can do that in elementary school. Mm -hmm. So if they wanted to write a rap for Pride, so when you had those sessions, can you write a rap? Can you write a poem? So we need our artists to share their creativity but we also need to appreciate that creativity too. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in our communities we expect people to volunteer all the time, and volunteering is very important, but to value the arts. So what if an artist or artists were commissioned to do a mural, maybe not a mural, but because uh, I think that's like overworked, um, but a collage, mm-hmm. a pride collage of the families. And the pride staff do the staff is working, um, or do a writing for pride. So arts, I think, is very important. It's many layers of, of of art, and I think that's important. Um,
0: and I need you tell me yeah. again what else you said arts and what else you with educators, parents, and caregivers. Okay. Anybody that has you know okay. works with or loves on children, what can they do to help instill pride within them to make them feel good about themselves and being black?
1: We all have to be open to learning and growing to continue that. Um, We don't know enough. And so um, if folk can share resources of where, kind of almost like a where to turn, um, take our children to different cultural events. I think our homes need to have um, decor some folks will call it decorations in our homes um, uh, that reflect the goodness of us um, and even have pictures of uh, the grandparents, family photos, uh, things that the children have done in school, their works hanging around the house pulling the refrigerator or whatever but we need to see culture all around us. I think that's important. Um, educators, I think now so much is being asked of them. I think too much is being asked of them. They are overwhelmed, um, overworked, and in some places, underpaid. Um, And sometimes we forget they have children too Mm -hmm. that they have to go home to. They work all day and go home. But I think our families, what we could, when I worked at uh, Prospect, um, some things I did uh, with the staff I would always uh, put a message in their mail slot saying something positive. And that way, um, some of the staff opened up to me. They would come to me. Um, And at one point, um, one person, uh, and I say this for for a particular reason, Uh, my office was on the first floor, so I was engaged with all of the children that were coming in and out the building and the parents that would come. And I remember this one mother came up to me. I don't know. She didn't know who I was. She she said, take care of my child. And I think she just kind of like, for some way, she knew I was from the hill. But somebody, when they started seeing the parents coming to me and they wanted them to come to them, that was an issue. And they put me up in a little cubby hole. Mm -hmm. But little did they know the place that they put me I, I was in more contact with the children, but I always stayed, you know, on the floor. But, um, you know, where, where I could where I could see the, the families coming coming in the building, too. But we need to let our educators know we appreciate them. You know, you don't even have to go to the store and buy a card. You write a card and say, I appreciate you. When my, um, my one son who played basketball in high school and his coach was, uh, they called him Frank. And when he graduated, I got a thank you. Card. I used every white space I could, front, back, and in between, to thank him. This man—it's—it's it's times that they would call, uh, say, Frank. I went to this party, and the buses stopped running. He would get the middle of the night, go get him, you know. And not only did I give him a thank you card, I sent his mama a thank you card, and say thank you for the son that you raised and what he has given to these boys. You know, mm. so I think saying thank you is very important um, when I communicate with, with pride I say I thank you and I respect you and I appreciate you you know um, but we need to have built relationships with educators and community folk who have I always think about a pulse mm. sometimes with training I would say um, put your finger on your pulse whether it's on your wrist or the pulse in your neck Do we have a pulse on the community? Um, I remember one of the training sessions uh, in the early years. I did with the servant leaders. um, Took a a walk through the community because these are the families that you're going to be working with. Gave them some money to buy lunch. wasn't that much. I said, "This is what our families have to build a meal on. Go make a meal." It was hard, but they had to work through it. That's that cooperative um, group activity. Mm -hmm. They were working on it. They worked through it, so for us to understand that. And so for us to try to open our mind and open our heart to understand what folk are going through um, to learn and grow, but we have to be open to learning and not always be so critical and be open to uh, self-criticism that we can get better. there are things that, um, in some places, uh, hands are tied, educators, as to what they can do. But their rooms need to be inviting. The whole building, uh, Principal Kefale, uh said he can walk in a building. And, to, uh, um, and Dr. Earl Braxton, I worked with him on some things uh, with Prospect, and he walked in. He said, Tom, I see the problem right here. Walked in the cafeteria, saw it immediately. Was in there 30 seconds and saw what the problem is. So let's be open to that. And these are some very trying times. We have educators who are traumatized, um, parents who are traumatized, our children are traumatized, you know. Um, and so how do we work through that? Foundations again. We need help with that. You know, not saying that they are the answer. You know, we have some answers, we don't have all of them. But we need to uh, listen to each other, work with each other, find out what organizations are doing, what um, don't duplicate it. Um, I think about Dr. Taylor, who's been in the game for over f- uh, 50 years. Mm-hmm. The work he's done and the difficulty in trying to get the program through and say, "Look, this is a program we know that will work with the school system," but school systems aren't always open, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And so. Sometimes we got to go outside and do it, you know. Mm-hmm. I know there are groups that have, like, Saturday academies. I don't want to start naming different groups. Um, but I know one that is very effective, uh, have a waiting list. Um, and then things that we can do, you know, differently. You know, so if, you know, we got some mamas out there, do some sure enough, know how to cook, you know. And one way going fishing to reach our young people, they like to eat. hmm <laughs> They like to eat. Let's give them a home-cooked meal. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, we would go down to the farm with freedom schools, they fed, they fed our mind and, oh, my word, did they feed our body. <laughs> they fed us. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And things changed down, down the years after, you know, cutbacks uh, with uh, finan- financial uh, contributions. But, um, but we need to be creative in, like, how do we reach parents? How we reach our youth um, and school systems and other systems that we're all affiliated with in one way or another. And I went off the tracks. So I need you to tell me some other things that you said because I, I, mean, I, didn-
0: I think this is about um, this is about it. I think you named um, some things. and um, I just wanted to see if there was anything else you want to share um, before we wrap up, and if we could do one of those Freedom Schools call and responses. <laughs> Can we do that? <laughs> I'm trying to think of
1: a call. I, I brought um, some of the cheers and chants. I am thinking about the calls. Okay, I, I have to think through to maybe look through this about the... Okay. Um, we do I go and I may. Yeah. You know, to get their attention. Um, the staff will say, I go! I may. And the scholars know right then. Straighten up. Let's get it together. I may. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, um, I grew up on that mother look, so I had to learn that with my children because my mother gave me that look. And you know what? You know what that mother look means without breaking it down. Yeah. You get the look. You give that look. Yes. And um, so, kind of get get that response. But I go and I may. Um, and some of the things they do, like in, in different camps, um, the hand is up. Mm-hmm. That means the mouth goes shut. mm mm-hmm. quiet. I'm going to tell you, in the one site that uh, one of the foundations went to visit, Marin Wright Edelman had, had him go visit. And he went in, and uh, the staff was with the scholars or whatever, and they did an I go, I may, and then they just did a hand up. Mm-hmm. And he said, "That's what did it. Yeah, none of the other stuff." He said, "Okay, I'm giving them money, but one of the things they do is like each year they wanted it to grow by sites, so they ended up having a lot of sites in that city. Mm -hmm. Um, This was one of the um, a a national foundation, so I think they gave to them like ten years or more. Mm. You know, but the thing of it is that how do we we you know it's one thing that." I think the foundations um, could be helpful with, is like, how do we become self-sustaining? How do we establish endowments? You know, so if we want pride to continue, what can we do to make it financially solvent? Mm -hmm. You know, and we need to have again, that knowledge base of how to do that. And that's a learning curve for us. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but I do believe in reparations, but that's off the course, mm-hmm. but um, there's so many things, our, our needs are so great, you know, our needs are so great, and it's a, you know, don't give up on us, you know, um, I tell folks personally, I'm still a work in progress, mm-hmm. I'm 73 kicking the door in on 74, and I'm still a work in progress, and I sincerely mean that, mm-hmm. you know, so help me to learn and help me to grow, it's a process, and um it would take a servant leader to do the cheer and chant because I don't do it justice no, the, um, are you sure the mo- the motivational song I love it something inside so strong it's times that I would like tears be coming down you know mm-hmm. so they got it they got something inside so strong mm-hmm. um, so listeners check out uh something inside so strong that's i, I love that song um but in terms of creativity creating cheers and chants you know the scholars love it Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to the rooms. They're saying their cheers and chants or whatever, um, and support our organizations that are trying to do good for our people, Mm -hmm. for our children. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not just—I tell folks—it's not just about the children and the families. When you do right about children and families, you do right by communities. You do right by neighborhoods. You do right by the city. You do right by the country again we go back to i can make a difference in self family community country and world through hope education and action mm-hmm. dare to make a difference dare to make a difference
0: wow. what a beautiful note to end on thank you so much miss house miss tamanika house for joining us and talking about your life experience um in general and then as freedom schools director and self-appointed freedom schools ambassador thanks again for tuning in to another episode of in my skin podcast where we get real about race and early childhood and talk to folks who are doing the work we hope you enjoyed learning about freedom schools through the eyes heart, mind, and incredible journey of the formidable Tamanika Howes, one of my personal sheroes and beloved to so many lives she has touched throughout her life. If you know a local shero, whether it be your mother, your auntie, a community mother, or a favorite teacher, don't forget to give them their flowers for all that they are and all they do in the world. If you haven't already, don't forget to check out our website, racepride.pit.edu, And find us on Instagram at the pride program underscore PGH and Facebook at the pride program. Until next time, friends.